Welcome to Talking Baseball. It is September 9th. Dombrowski gets fired from the Red Sox. The Brewers are scratching their way back in, as are the Diamondbacks. Let's do it. What's going on, everybody? It is September 9th. It's Talking Baseball. We are getting closer and closer to the finish line, Jake. Now, we had some big things happen. I was looking at the changing in standings, and there's a lot of fun shifting going on. We have the big news with Dombrowski. We got a lot to talk about. It's actually a kind of a packed show in a way. But first, we got to let you know who sponsors this show and our new patrons, Salvatore Corasaniti. Corasaniti. The most Italian name going, Jake. Do you have a grasp on how you say that? I mean, you just you keep saying syllables until you find the ending vowel. Salvatore Corasaniti. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next guy is Buck Johnson. <laughs> yeah, hell, yeah, hell yes, he is. That's like a buddy cop movie. You got the Italian and you got like the farm boy, Buck Johnson. That's good. We, they need to be friends. They yeah. need to find each other on Twitter or whatever and become friends. Yeah, yeah. Those are our most recent Patreon uh, supporters. They get a chance to win a jersey each month. I have to do the raffle. People have been messaging me saying I'm behind. I know I'm behind. If you took a look at my schedule, you would understand. It's crazy. But I'm going to try and do it today and get the raffle for the August winners. Uh, join now to get in there for the September winners. You can be part of the chat, which makes you part of the show in a way. We got Joseph, Jason, Bacon Steak to Go, and Andrew hanging out with us right now. And we just got started. So go to patreon.com slash Media if you want uh, some perks, some benefits, and some behind-the-scenes stuff. You also get our episode notes so you can see where our research is if you're like wait what did they say you can go check it watch out. watch me misspell cincinnati every time it makes me mad why don't you just use the little little uh whatever what grammarly or, or change i it. mean it pops up wrong but every time i type it out it pops up wrong and i'm just so disappointed in myself uh, i'm like cincinnati i should be all over that spell it wrong every time sin cincinnati two t's I mean, I, I've always had trouble with that. If there's double T's, double double N's, I, I don't know. A one lot of the T, same vowels at the end. One T, two N's in the middle, three N's See? overall. See? You'd think it would be two T's, right? Yeah. yeah, you can see that Jake does his notes like, you're big at just putting Y's, like a lot of Y's at the end of words. Sure. Like you have what's, Saturday, what's an example? You have Yellick had a walk off on Saturday. <laughs> like three Y's. You do that a lot. Yeah. It's that uh you like You'll see it you'll see it in the performance. <laughs> you like type with um that vocal fry like a Kardashian. Yellick had a walk off on Whoa. Saturday. Whoa. Very rude. Well, I'm just saying that's what it lo- that's how it reads. Well anyway, go get the notes. <laughs> you can see it. Yeah. How you doing, Jake? I'm good until that Kardashian thing, man. I mean, football was back this weekend. Come on, Jake. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, two, wait. Is this not a football pod? Two episodes in a row, you open talking baseball up with football. Cut this the, isn't a cut, football cut pod? shit. I thought we were doing talking football. That's my bad. No, man. I, I was going to say, Jim, it, we actually got accented uh, by uh, the weekend ended for everyone in Boston. 
Uh, the the Red Sox stopped defending their world title as the Patriots began defending theirs, and it was there. There was just a lot of good baseball this weekend. A lot of uh, I mean, we had a pitcher hitter with a walk off. We I, I don't know. Like you said, when we we get separated from this for like three and a half days, or we get separated from part of it, and then we dig in to see what we missed, and you're like, oh shoot, like we we actually had a couple things like. Things changed this weekend. Uh, the NL wild card got a little more real. Um, so yeah, man, I'm I'm doing well. Kardashian thing still has me mad. How are you doing, Jakey Vocal Fry? Yeah, see, so you got it all wrong. Yeah, how are you? I'm good. I'm doing well. I am. Uh, I don't know. I'm busy and flustered, but I got a nice breakfast. My girlfriend and her parents are in town. And played some disc golf yesterday, got out and about, went in the ocean. It was really nice. So I had a good day. But, like, you know me. Mm-hmm. I like being able to hunker down and kind of get sure. into a zone and work. And I can't dabble like, oh, I'm going to go to my office and do two hours of work. And then I'll be back for lunch. And then go. Right. it's like, no, I do 15-hour days or I get like half-ass a day. Uh, right. So I'm itching to like do an actual work, but we have a big meeting coming up for the company. If there's anyone that cares about John Boy Media as a whole, a lot of meetings coming up. I got to go get a sports coat tomorrow. Yeah. Come on. Come on. I don't want to go take time to buy that. But other than that, I'm good. Baseball had me excited. Sunday night baseball dragged me out last night. I'm that broadcast, man. Were you listening with the volume on last night? Yeah, I almost wanted to set a timer to see how long they went without saying something. And I don't need a broadcast full of silence, but let the just let it breathe. Dude, they were they were just competing for airspace. And I like a rod um, and I like Vaskersion when he's like doing play by play. Oh, man, it was brutal. It's brutal every time. It uh yeah it's it's what ESPN thinks should be representative of baseball and it's totally wrong, <laughs> um and that's that's normally where we land on that so yeah and I I mean for me man it, it sucks it, it and I I don't know I feel like we land here a lot on the Monday show so I won't deep dive into it but yeah I mean I I basically watch it A Rod is like comedy for me and then the rest of it I'm like I, I've already shut my brain off to. That's usually how I am. I couldn't I couldn't tune them out last night. And everyone's like, why don't you watch it on mute? And it's like, dude, if everyone's jumping off a bridge, I'm jumping off the bridge. I need to be in the know and know what people are talking about, whether it's good or bad. I'm not going to sit here bridge. and watch a game on mute and then not be able to converse or talk about what's being said and just be a loner on my couch watching a game on mute. <laughs> Come on. Right. I'd rather be miserable with people than happy alone. Put it on the tombstone. That's actually not a bad quote. It's not bad. Misery loves company. <laughs> I'd rather be miserable with people than happy alone. I don't think that's true for me. No, that's not true. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. I, I think you're going to come back and hate that quote. But yeah, no, it's good. <laughs> Let's go into the National Report, which is brought to you by Jake this week, but also it is sponsored by our friends at Roosevelt Shirts. The Roosevelt's. We got a box. I wore one the other day in uh, one of our videos. 
I like them because they're super comfy, and I'm a guy that sweats a lot, so cotton can be a bad mix for me. Like, you know, once you start sweating, then the cotton's wet. And these shirts are not like that. They're actually perfect for, like, summer outside times or just be- dressing up. Jake, I think, you know, one of these silly shirts with a blazer over, we might look real silly in a good way, which is what these shirts are. They're conversation starters. They got Ron Swanson cooking sizzling bacon, Aaron Judge elbowing Lady Liberty, Roosevelt's is your brand if you want to wear loud, fun shirts that get people looking at you and say, oh, I like that shirt, whether they mean it or not. They're offering John Boy Nation 20% off your next order. Just visit rsvlts.com slash John Boy. That's rsvlts.com slash John Boy. Dare mighty things. They put they gave me a whole like bullet point full of stuff, and I, I, I hit them all usually. And then at the end, it just says dare mighty things, which... I don't really fucking get that, to be honest, but... It sneaks up on it's, you. It's like, it sneaks what, up What am you. I saying? Dare mighty things. Yeah, we might... We'll, we'll talk to the Roosevelt's people, because we're, we're, we're all in on everything. Dare mighty things, we're a little hesitant. I don't, maybe there's something we're I, missing. I don't get what it means. Like, be daring? Maybe it's like... I, just I think it's like daring. fake dramatic. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, dare dare to try things like even our shirt, which it's like okay, it's a shirt, but it's a fun shirt. I when I hear dare mighty things, I think truth or dare. So I think daring other people, and then I think well, you better make it a big dare. And I'm like, I dare you to jump off a bridge. Like that's where I'm. That's where my mind goes. So I'm just I just go to Roosevelt's, check out all the shirts. If you go to the, the John Boy site, it gives you a lot of uh, the baseball options. Let's hit that boogie. James Vincent Michael O'Brien, the beast of the East in the National League. Your, my, Atlanta Braves win the first three of their four-game set. They lose the final one to the Washington National Gyms. Wow. Uh, They won the first three games by a total of four runs. Nats win the final game behind Soto and Mad Max Scherzer. But yeah, Jim, the Braves roll on. They fought off Corbin. Yeah, go Braves, baby. The Phillies, the Fightins, they take two out of three versus the Mets at City Field. Drew Smiley twirls a gem for the Phillies. How about that? Death taxes in the Mets bullpen getting rocked. The Marlins and the Royals play three in Miami. LOL, brutal. KC takes two out of three. Both teams got shut out at one point in the series. In the Central, Your St. Louis Cardinals win the final two games after dropping the first to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Jack Flaherty, Jim, lives in Fuego. Another eight-inning shutout in the rubber match. Cheese and rice. The Cubs win game one but lose the remaining three to Milwaukee. Make the NL wildcard race great again. Sorry, Cubbies. Kind of rooting against you. Yelich had a walk-off on Saturday. Kardashians. Cincinnati, spell it right, loses the series to the upstart Diamondbacks. One and a half games back of the Cubs now. The Snakes just missed the sweep, but they get walked off on by newly found two-way player Michael Lorenzen for the Reds. Speaking of those Diamondbacks, Jim, 
the best of the West. The Dodgers have another mini letdown. They lose two out of three at home to San Francisco. Lost both games by one run, including game two, a one nothing final. We like that. Interesting times right now for the Dodgers and my Rockies. They win game one behind my best friend, Tim Melville, twirls another gem. Then they lose the final two, and that's obvious. No team in this series scored more than three runs. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Indeedy, Jake. I was looking into the Cubs to see, like, what is going on? I can't figure them out. I think at this point they're not that good. It's like that's the we thought we thought Contreras and Zobers coming back would give them a kick, but Lester and Hamels just completely get blowed up by the Brewers. Um, there's a good start in the middle there that got lost in extras, like you said, Yelich with the walk off. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Darvish had the good start. You did mention the Rockies, and I did want to say this. This was a patron sent this message. Uh, Alex Peter Rose said a dumb Rockies tidbit for talking baseball. Rockies have three wins in the past 22 games. And Tim Melville started all three wins. The Melville Meteor, man. Uh, we're, we're lunch buddies. Excited for him to, to come back from the road trip so we can spend nice days in the park or something like that. Um, yeah, man. He uh, uh, The Rockies, it's unbelievable. I, I, I met up with the, the Rockies podcast, the, their, their writer, Drew Creaseman, the other day, and he was like in a bad state, man. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I mean, imagine covering that team every day. Uh, I mean, we have we run into some bad times that the Yankees run into like a cold series and a half. Um, they've been doing it since right before the All Star break, so uh, more tough times for my rocks. Not my best good friend Tim Melville, though. No, he's winning them games. Yeah, it's all he knows. Get it, Timmy. Get it to me. I was pretty – the Brewers were like five and a half games out, Jake, and now they're two and a half. Or I, I probably don't have those numbers right, but they climbed pretty decently back in. The key was bringing the Cubbies back, man, and that that's what I kind of said last episode, that I'm rooting against the Cubs just because it's better for baseball if this NL wild card is exciting. And Jim, the Cubs just continue to be atrocious on the road. They're twenty nine and forty two on the road. It's very bad. That's that's not even like oh yeah, they kind of they've been mad on the road, just bad on the road. No middle area, and uh, they play four at San Diego, and I mean that's going to be a real test for them. I mean they'd they'd be happy with a split at this point. Um, and you wonder if maybe uh, the Padres can rally a little bit and be like, hey, we can, we could really have some fun and, and ruin their day. They're terrible on the road. Let's get some dubs. Um, but, yeah, man, Arizona sneaks up to a game and a half out. Milwaukee's two and Philly's two right now. Um, even the Miracle Mets are at four. I, I They're mean, out. I, They're done. Obviously, they'd need pure chaos, but um, – yeah, I mean, they, they kind of blew it against the Phillies this weekend. Um, I, but I did, we ended last show with how hard the Phillies' remaining schedule is. Right. They won, you said, their series? So they took two out of three at City Field, which is, which is a solid 
It is shut out the Mets thing. and then put up a ten spot. It's pretty good. And and it's and their loss group. was a walk off, so they were in that one. Right. Well, Ed, Edwin Diaz also invited them back into that one because that's what he's been doing all season. Yeah, um, I was. But no, there was a. So I don't know if I lose followers here, but that I was. I we like analytics, Jake and I. We just don't sure. like people that only rely on analytics. And the funniest thing to me is that these people that just rely on analytics, they're saying Edwin Diaz has just been unlucky. Like mm. it's just all bad luck. And I'm like, well, you think like tipping pitches or uh, other teams like having good scouting reports or or like just like lack of confidence like that all in the analytic only world just boils down to bad luck. (laughs) Nothing else. Yeah. Nothing else could be a factor here. It must just be luck. Like just the whole season riddled with bad luck. There's nothing else that it could be. Yeah. It uh, makes me, makes I, me I laugh. Mean, like, his numbers say that he's unlucky. His expected ERA, his expected all this stuff, you know, say he should be better than he is. Well, clearly, because he's been so bad. Right. And, I, I mean, at some point, Edwin Diaz is going to be really good again. Uh, but probably not this year. Like, baseball seasons kind of happen. It's just and... funny when they're like, well, we can't explain it, so it just must be luck. Bad luck. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's because you guys completely invalidate the state of mind and right. all the things that you can't count. Whatever. Yeah. Well, well I love it. No, let's let's get a quick analytics rip in because I got into a. I fight love with analytics. Like I we like love analytics. I like expected stats and predicting future and hard hit rate and barrels and woba and I like I like all that. But you you have to understand that these are a game. Of humans and it's all a mixture yeah and I, I think one one of the big things for me i got into it with defensive analytics people oh i'm out uh, on those I, right they've never and, they've never lived up to the, like the eye test once and that's that's the funny thing is that i mean even the analytics greats in borski i mean some of the guys around baseball they acknowledge that uh, i mean Defensive analytics are flawed. And what came out yesterday was that Gio Urshela and Rafael Devers have the same defensive war. And I was like, well, this is example one. I mean, uh, Gio Urshela looks like a Machado light. And Devers has made strides at third base, but he's not a quality third baseman by any means. And I was just like, well, if, if you didn't believe it, I mean, you have to use your eyeballs and acknowledge this. And the defensive analytics people came out and were like, well, you know, no, it, it takes in different things. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this, this isn't a discussion. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I'm, I'm telling you. So, all right, quick analytics rip. We like analytics too, but you, you ha- it's a piece of the puzzle, not the whole puzzle. Yeah. I mean, we do a whole Talking Yank show that is just, just analytics. So. Yeah. We're in there. We're in deep. All right. What else we got? So the, what the, else uh, in the NL, Jim? What else am I looking at? Well, I was good. I had Nick uh, Castellanos up here. He's the only consistent thing for the Cubs. He is still going crazy. He had four. He had five hits in this four-game set, two doubles, a home run. Um, he's like the best thing that happened to the Cubs, but everything else is bad. Yeah, and it's it actually was a good segue off of analytics because there was a whole thing that like it, he was against analytics and they're like no like he does a ton of analytically good stuff um yeah man i i don't know i'm 
I am oddly excited for a midweek Cubs Padres series. You're rooting for the Padres, huh? Oh yeah, I'm I, like I'm sorry, Cubs fans. Like I love Chicago as a sports town. I even like the Cubbies. I mean, if they're in the dance, I I support the Cubbies. But as of right now, I'm I'm rooting for anarchy. Are you worried about the Dodgers? Not really, because I, I, I think the thing was, because there was a conversation this week, are, are the Braves going to catch the Dodgers? Dodgers are still up three in the loss column. Um, and, and, well, hey, more so, I'm going to pat myself on the back, Jim. I jumped on the Atlanta train at the perfect time. I mean, they were good, but they, they've taken off. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10. Their young pitchers have well, seemingly come up another level. I think they're 17 of their last 20. And I like Donaldson started to go off. It's it's very much been a top four of that lineup. After I gave my whole speech about the top three in that lineup, they're really good. The Dodgers, no, because I mean you're in the playoffs, um, and you're you still ninety percent. You're going to have home field throughout the National League. Um, for them, it's it's not spring training mode and Jim we we've been doing this with our Yankees stuff it's similar to spring training though like the most important thing is getting guys right like they're skipping a Ryu start and they just need to get a couple good starts out of Ryu before the playoffs because you can't have that being a question mark I mean the, the Dodgers Jim if the last week of the season Walker Bueller Kershaw and Ryu throw good starts and everyone's healthy who cares you know Oh, exactly. Uh, this is what I said to you. What one of our very first episodes? Uh, if you've been with us from the start, you may remember that I said I hope the Yankees don't ever get above nine, ten game lead. Yeah, I said once you get into that fifteen game lead in your division, it's so hard to come to the park every day. And in September, you're literally playing for nothing, and it's just like a drag. And maybe this is, I mean, I'm not worried that this is indicative of what, how the Dodgers will play in the postseason at all. They just need to flip the switch back with a week to go, like you said. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. I mean, maybe they maybe they flip the switch earlier, and because the Braves are sneaking up on them and they, they start playing some good baseball again, maybe there is something there. I mean, maybe they can't. Just hit that on button because that's not really how sports works a lot of the time. And the Braves are just hot and rolling right now. Uh, it would be fun if that becomes a thing. But I, I, we're we're a, another bad Dodgers series or another bad Dodgers week away from that. And it's tough to believe that with how good they they really are. Yeah, I think that about rounds up the National League. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's there's anything else. No, wild wild card is back in. Diamondbacks, Jim, give give him love. Cattell, your guy. Cattell, kettle. Yeah, yeah. Let's move on to the American League, which is brought to you by our friends at Squints Apparel, who gave me the perfect ad transition in a breakdown video yeah. that could ever be had. <clears throat> Sorry, video of uh, J D Martinez slapping. That woman's boobs. <clears throat> Checking for a pulse. Uh, Squints was all over it. They sponsored that video. Led to Squints <clears throat> and Wendy Peppercorn kissing. If you haven't seen it, it's one some of my best ad ad reads ever. I don't know if this how this one stands up. Squints Apparel has shirts, hats, sweatshirts, 
and my favorite, the Legends Never Die bomber jacket, which Jake and I said we're, we don't have the body type to pull off a bomber jacket, which is a little upsetting for us. But if you want to go get the Legends Never Die bomber jacket or the Wendy Peppercorn hat or the Squints shirt, Legends Never Die shirt, they also, I think they're from Kansas City, and they had a pop-up shop in Kansas City recently. So if you're a Kansas City fan, Chiefs or Royals. Whoa. What? Not a football podcast, man. I wasn't talking about the football team. Go on. I was talking about the Native American chief from Kansas City. If you're a fan of Native American heritage, if you're a and fan, all the chiefs, okay. gotcha. past chiefs, like I am a fan of George Washington. I love reading right. about him. So for if you're a fan of the chiefs from the old tribes in Kansas City, right. go to squintsapparel.com. They might have some uh, stuff there, uh, and you get twenty percent off if you use discount code John Boy. Beautiful. <laughs> Very beautiful. <laughs> and uh, with the bomber jacket, Jim, we were saying it's not for us. But, I mean, if you want to put out that Rudy vibe, I yeah, mean, some people knock like it out of the park. It works for Rudy. St- every day, Sean Astin, Stranger Things. All right, I started this report out pretty simple, Jake. Here are the results of the series that we do not care about. The Texas Rangers took three out of four from the Orioles. The Royals won the first two games against the Marlins but could not finish the sweep. The White Sox took two of three from the Angels. Moving on to the games that kind of matter, but not really. The Yankees have taken two of three from the Boston Red Sox. The fourth game of the series and the final game between the two teams this season plays tonight. The Red Sox also parted ways with Dave Dombrowski. They fired him after the game last night. The Astros swept the Mariners in a four-game set. They won the fourth and final game by a score of 21 to one. Hot damn, the Astros are doing good. Had a couple four-game sweeps in the AL. All right, now to the games that matter a lot. In the Central, the Indians went to Minnesota and took two out of three from the Twins. Game one went to extra innings, with Cleveland scoring four runs in the 11th to seal the victory. Michael Pineda was Michael Pineda tossed a nice start, Jake, and then got tossed out of the league, popped for PED use. I don't know how much that hurts Minnesota moving forward. Our dude, Bruzdar Gratterall, came in and blew it for the Twins. Uh, we had a lot of fun with that name, so I figured I'd mention that. Game two was close all the way up until the bottom of the seventh when the Twins tied it and took the lead. And in game three, Clevenger and the Indians took the lead early and kept it. What does this result in? The Indians gaming, gaining one game on the Twins. They went from six back in the loss column to five back in the loss column. Not much, but good for good for the Indians that they like like we can play with you. It's just you blew it earlier getting swept by the Mets and shit like that. Come on. The Rays and the A's are in a race for top of the wild card. The Rays swept the Blue Jays in a four-game set. The Baby Jays, Jake. I had so much hope. I had so much hope that they could be spoiler, and they are not. Two-way McKay made his return from the IL for the Rays and gave them 3.2 good innings, and Blake Snell has a return date set. The Rays are getting healthy, and that could potentially be very scary. The A's could not get the four-game sweep of their own. They only take three out of four from the Tigers, which is good, but when the Rays are doing sweeps, you got to do sweeps. So the Rays 
are now ahead of the wild card by a game with Oakland one behind them and the Indians behind them. And that is your AL report. Beautiful stuff, John Boy. Beautiful stuff. Um, John, I'm going to do, well, no, I was, I was going to say I was going to do a sandwich compliment. Yeah, the, the baby Jays, man. I mean, they're, they're fun. They're still not a good baseball team. <laughs> Um, I, we, they, uh, they went on a stretch for like a two week stretch where they were scoring like six runs a night. Yeah. Remember they averaged I, eight hits a game. They were scoring a ton. And that was like, damn, these guys are going to be spoilers. And then they're just like, not. No. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the pitching isn't there. They had a young guy who made a debut. We'll talk about him in a little bit, but, uh, yeah, it was funny when we were doing some of the schedule stuff and it'd be like, yeah, they got to play Cleveland, the twins. I got to play the Jays. And it's like, well, <laughs> Jays still got to figure some stuff out. But I think the story kind of in the AL, that's not normally the story. Um, is those rays Jim? Cause you mentioned, uh, two way McKay, uh, comes back. Blake Snell has a date. Jim, the guy you didn't mention, who's probably the best of them right now, Tyler Glasnow came back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that dude, when he's right, he's like, it. <laughs> he's like Scherzer shit. Like it's it it. There's times when you can't do anything. So the Rays, um, they jump, they jump back on top of the A's, and they have. I mean, you just named three pitchers that could be impactful for them, especially I think McKay had another had a had a good performance for them. Yeah, he only uh, threw fifty something pitches, but he was good. But yeah, like check this out, Jake. The Rays have Charlie Morton. They just got back McKay, who is uh two way McKay. He hits and pitches. I don't know if they're gonna have him hit. I don't, I'm not positive. He didn't hit in his return here. They're gonna get Blake Snell back on September thirteenth, right? Chirinos and you just said Glassnow's back. And Chirinos, who had become a starter, they used him in the bulk guy uh, open bullpen days, and then he kind of graduated to be like, nah, I'm a starting pitcher. Start <laughs> he, me. He did so good that they were like, all right, we'll just start you then. He threw a 20-pitch bullpen session and is like a couple steps away from returning to the Rays. I mean, that's four starting pitchers. So I hope they lose the wild card game. Because I don't want to mm. face those guys. <laughs> and Jim, more importantly, you and I have been doing this song and dance for a little bit with the Yankees and Luis Severino, and it's how far can they get him stretched out and how are they going to use him, et cetera, et cetera. Jim, the other thing here, I, I mean, the Rays will try anything, and they've got a lot of good arms in that bullpen too. The guys you just mentioned, if McKay go, can go 50 pitches, if Glasnow can only get up to 75, if Snell can only get up to 75, in playoff baseball, I mean, you can piece it together. And and the Rays, if they have those guys available to them, and it's like, hey, Glasnow looks good today. Let him go for three, four innings. Uh, all right, now let's send it to the bullpen. They, uh, they can be a crazy dangerous team. Yeah. Glasnow came back, and he struck out the side. Uh, like dominant, struck out Bo Bichette to Oscar Hernandez, Rowdy Tellez, pretty like, you know, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, and then, you know, a uh, five-pitch strikeout. But then in his second inning, walked Vladdy and then gave up a home home run to Grichik. Strikeout, walk, pop fly, strikeout, and he's done. So it's, uh, it's his first start, so I'm not trying to say anything. Uh, yeah at all but 
He only threw... He only threw 41 pitches. I believe McKay only threw 50-something pitches. Um, 59 pitches for McKay. Blake Snell is coming back on the 13th. How stretched out is he going to be in Torino's? And just like we were saying last week about the Cardinals, there's a giant wall up. And, like, if you're a Rays fan, A, you're... Your starting rotation's awesome when healthy. And, like, the Yankees have one question mark, Severino. Like, what are we going to get out of Sevy? Because he's going to be stretched out. He's like, this is basically a spring training in September ball. Is he going to be able to get it going for the playoffs? The Rays have that about four guys. Yeah. Like, great, this is awesome. But who are they going to be? What are they going to do for us? And the funny thing is, Charlie Morton's getting the ball in the wild card game, right? Well, that's I was just running through that in my head, Jim. I think you start with them, and I mean it's wild card slash playoff rules. There's you obviously only get a limited leash, but I think the Rays would be all hands on deck. I think that Morton Morton well, gets the start. Yeah, hey, I think and it's then I think game Snell. It's not. I think Snell, Glasno, um, Yarborough. Uh, there was someone else we missed, Jim. Um, oh well, Chirinos. We mentioned him before. Uh, what's his, our Yarborough was the one Yarbrough, that we didn't yeah. say before. I said him now, but Yarborough's having a really good year. And then they've got guys in the bullpen that are really good too. I mean, uh, Pagan, Castillo, uh, Oliver Drake gets Josh. So, uh, I mean that wild card game, if it is Oakland, Tampa, I mean, you're going to see a lot of different arms. It's going to get ugly. And I don't know. It's, it's who, who, uh, who it's basically, Jim, I think it's funny that playoff baseball comes down to, you know, A-Rod always gives his speech about how, like, speed, contact, and small ball, it always comes out in the playoffs. And it's like, well, unless you hit home runs. And I feel like the leash is so short on pitchers now that it's like, okay, if you give up a hit and a walk, you're getting pulled from the game. So it's almost like, all right, if you give up a hit and then a two-run homer, that's how you score. We've seen it in the Yankees-Red Sox series this weekend. You can only break so much if you're willing to use everyone at all of your pitchers. Yeah, I, I'm kind of getting excited for this Rays Oakland wild card game. I'm getting excited for wild card games now that I'm not have to be a fan of a team in it. Is Cleveland dead? Are they going to sneak up on us at some point? No, I think they may. Like I, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think they're they're fully dead. They did win two out of three in Minnesota. I mean, if they lost two out of three, we'd be sitting here saying Cleveland's dead. Yeah. But I don't think they're fully dead yet. Uh, they're only a couple games out of the second wild card. So, and it we'll lo- see. It looks like they're going on a, a little West Coast. They're going to play the Angels, which it's on the West Coast, but the Angels are also bad. Um, damn. Tampa's going to win 90 games again. It's got to be the first time yeah. the Rays have won back-to-back 90-game seasons, right? Well, it's, I'm... On that part of their baseball reference page, which is surprising. Um, no, they won, Jim. They won 90, 96 in 2010, 91 in 2011, 90 and 12, 92 in 2013. They were really good. What? Yeah, Joe Madden, David Price, Longoria. But they never did anything. Like 2008, they went to the World Series. What? What? How did those years fizzle out? 
so one of the 90 win years, they finished third and didn't make the playoffs. Uh, they lost the the LDS three times. Um, and then, yeah, they had the one World Series trip. The Rays were in the LDS three times? Yeah. Why am I – why is that – why can't I not – I have a good memory. Why can I not remember that? <laughs> Bad Yankee years and a college. Who'd they play? Um, okay, deep dive. Um, this was post-college for us. And 2010 – no, because, I mean, this 2010, 2011, 2012, I oh, mean, yeah, are the yeah, main yeah, years yeah, we're yeah. talking about here. Um, so they, the Texas Rangers – Okay, zero memory of that. Um, and then I'm going to guess it's the Texas Rangers again because um, – yeah. So Rays, Rays Rangers met twice in the LDS 2010-2011, and then in 2013 uh, Rays Red Sox. Cool. Don't remember any of that. Yeah. Wash it out. It probably would. Maybe there's too many games in the trap. I just try to blank those out right out of my brain. Drinking. The uh, kind of the major storyline here comes from the AL. And it's that Dombrowski is out as president of baseball operations for the Red Sox. I don't even know where to like get into this conversation because I know that you I know you have a lot to say on it. I think I think I'm team Dombrowski here in a way. Okay. One, he got them a world series. So right. That trumps everything. Yep. Two. It seems like Dombrowski. So if you don't know, Dombrowski won a world series in 97 with the Marlins Marlins. And he, he has a record and a history of he'll go become your GM or whatever and give out a ton of contracts. He did it with the Tigers and then your team's bad. You you may have like a, your window. You attack the window hard, fucking hard. The Tigers should have won, but they never did. And then you're bad for a little bit. And that's what happened with the Red Sox. Now, here's my thoughts. Dombrowski gets fired in the middle of the season. The fact that they didn't wait till the season ended, something had to happen behind the scenes. There had to be some big fights there had to be some nastiness. There's no way this is amicable. If it's amicable, you ride out the rest of the season, which is three weeks, and then you say we're you know we're changing pace, we're parting ways. You know, the fact that you do it in the middle of the season and you announce it after Sunday night baseball when your team is on the national stage, there there was some big blow up. There's not like an amicable parting. Uh, they they wanted to make Dombrowski the scapegoat or something. My other thought is. The Red Sox didn't go after any free agents this offseason. And I was under the the thought process that they went over the luxury tax to win the World Series. They gave out a lot of contracts. They had the best team in Red Sox history. And they rolled the dice and said, let's do it again. And this time, let's stay under the luxury tax. And I thought that was a decision from ownership because that's money. That's not Dom- Dombrowski's not like... Hey, let's not spend money. Like, his job is to spend money. Right. So, and that's what his whole history is, is spending a ton of money. So the fact that he didn't spend money, my brain told me that comes from up top. They told him, like, hey, we're not going over the luxury tax, so don't spend money. And then in the and then at the deadline, he doesn't get anything. I didn't think that was, I thought that, it seems like those decisions came from up top, and they're getting rid of Dombrowski now, who just gave him a World Series. And 
the same exact team. They didn't have injuries. The pitching staff is basically the same. Rolled it back. The bullpen's worse, and we know that. And it's been bad. But, you know, rolled it back. And the players didn't come through. I think Dombrowski's getting fucked here. So, yeah, there's a lot of different dynamics in play. And, Jim, I'll start off combining a couple things that you and I have been on. And it, I feel like we are tiptoeing a little bit because we're Yankee fans, but we, we won't. And these are honest thoughts. And tell us if you think there's some biased stuff going on here. Um, a, you've always been a, a person that when a Red Sox season goes wrong, it goes wrong and it goes downhill fast. They're going to fire Dombrowski. Something falls apart. That's what I and said when I was on DAZN with Sesame's Family Barbecue. They're like, you think the Red Sox have a chance? I said, no. When the, and this was back in like August. This was back in like yeah. early August. I said, when the Red Sox have a bad season, they have a bad season. Like things go wrong. So yeah, I did say that. Good good job by me. Thanks, Jake. And what something that it, you, you won't want to put in that same thing is what I've been saying is I've been looking for the ceremonial ending of the official Red Sox season, and that was it. The, the Yankees Sunday night baseball, they fired Dombro after the game. That's what I was looking for, and it happened. See ya. Back to Dombrowski. Jim, you started off with the most important thing. They won the World Series. And I, this is what I ended up getting into fights with people about because Dombrowski, yes, he's got a ring with the Marlins. Um, they didn't get it with the Tigers. He comes over to the Red Sox. He gets it. Jim, for me, from a GM standpoint, and people talking about Dombrowski, it's like, yes, I, I know he, he should be well-respected in baseball circles. But the guy gets to play a GM on, on like, a video game easy mode. Like, literally, Jeff Passan hopped on Scott Van Pelt's evening sports center right after it happened, after the Sunday night baseball game, and... Scott Van Pelt was like, is there going to be a market from D- for Dombrowski? And Jeff Passan said, and this is pretty much verbatim, well, if there's an owner there that's willing to spend a lot of money and trade away all their prospects, then Dombrowski might be the GM for that team. And it's like, well, goddamn, that should be, like any GM should be able to do that. And I know there is some skill to it. You have to make sure you get the right guys. You get Chris Sale and he does the performance he did. But... Like, if GMs had the permission to do that <laughs> and sign David Price to a giant contract and sign J.D. Martinez to a giant contract, I think a lot of GMs could come out looking pretty good for that. So that's my Dombrowski thing. With this, you're right. Uh, the, the Red Sox ownership, what, where is the disconnect? Did they say Dombrowski couldn't spend this offseason? Um, which, again, that ties into other things. But... Um, to stay under the luxury caps because we've seen we've seen the Yankees do this. We've seen a ton of teams do this. And now are you penalizing him for this? And then it starts spiraling into what was your guys' plan? Because, Jim, I made an error a couple episodes ago. I said Xander Bogarts was going to get paid paid this offseason. I forgot he got a big contract before the season, six years, 120, something like that. Yep. So it's like, so, okay, was that Dombrowski? Was that ownership? It, if – I mean, coming into this offseason, would the Red Sox not give Xander that contract? He's had an incredible year, but because of that contract, it's led to all the conversations in Red Sox land we're having now. It's, 
I, I do they have to pick between JD and Mookie? Is Mookie is JD going to pick up his option? You'd think so, just because how bad the free agency market looked. So now, I mean, have we lost Mookie Betts? Is the Boston front office just realizing we've essentially lost Mookie Betts by giving out these other contracts? So uh, you're right. There is a Dombrowski did his thing. <laughs> Dave Dombrowski did what Dave Dombrowski does, and he got them a World Series. So at this point, did you not know you signed up for that, or what's the disconnect? Because I don't know. Well, and also I think that the fact they fired him <laughs> during Sunday Night Baseball, something went wrong. Right. That's a spur-of-the-moment thing. You don't plan out to release a guy and publicly release him during Sunday night baseball. And you you wonder what it was. Did they say like, hey, we got to have a, an off-season discussion now? And Dombrowski said, yeah, let's re-sign Mookie and JD and we'll, we'll go out and we'll sign Garrett Cole too. And they said, oh, wait, we, we can't just sign everyone. We're not an unlimited bank. That's not how being a GM works. That was a little shot at Dombro. But you're right. I mean, something else has happened, but it's a disconnect between ownership and what's going on because – you're right. I mean, Dombrowski did what Dombrowski does, so where was the disconnect? Dude likes spending money, so you can't pin not spending money on him. That would be weird. I mean, and and I'd, I'd have to go through the Red Sox quotes this offseason and his quotes, but um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm trying to picture what he was saying this offseason to the media, but I mean, no, I'm sure Dombrowski would have loved to <laughs> try to sign Patrick Corbin or Craig Kimbrell or whoever it may be. I mean, look at the bullpen. Just look at the bullpen and ask, Do you th- is that what Dave Dombrowski wanted if he had an unlimited budget? Yeah. And I think you'll find your answer. Big Baby David, who does work for us at John Boy Media and writes at johnboymedia.com, and he wrote a, a little piece on this just to kind of sum it all up. I'm going to read this just I think it's information if anyone's if anyone doesn't know uh this is what this is what Dombrowski did uh in his tenure. He signed Price to a 217 million dollar contract. He signed Sale to a 5-year 145 million deal. So that and traded big prospects for Chris Sale. Big prospects for Sale and that begins next season. Um he just signed Xander Bogarts to a rather team-friendly 6-year 120 million deal. And Avaldi to a four-year deal, sixty-eight million. Who's now like their closer? That one's kind of in year one. It's not going great. Uh, he also let closer K- Craig Kimbrell and Joe Kelly walk in free agency without rebuilding the bullpen. And JD Martinez. And going forward, JD Martinez can opt out of his contract and become a free agent this year. Mookie Betts is set to become a free agent after next season, and there's likely no room to bring both back uh and uh devers will eventually need to be paid as well so good job by our dude big baby david writing that last night um setting it all up and shit like that but yeah i mean i don't know we can we can probably move on from that conversation um Dombrowski got them a world series and then kind of ruined thereafter which is his mo so like you have to know that yeah they had to know that going in and maybe they did, and maybe they said, "Yo, we're gonna get them once we're get, build us a World Series, and then we're gonna we're gonna bring in another GM that can help rebuild." Uh, yeah. But the fact that they announced it on Sunday Night Baseball Live tells me this was not amicable and something went wrong quick, because uh, because a good organization would just let it 
the three weeks go, and then peace. And they're not even holding a press conference. Nice. They announced we will not be holding a press conference to discuss this decision. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, man. It's it's bizarre, and yeah, again, those that final piece. I haven't been a big Dombro guy. The Tigers were the first game to first team in the Major League Baseball to lose a hundred games, and that's um, I mean, still some of the reeling effects of of him. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Two, Jake, we are moving on to our standout performances. And, Jake, you get to go first today. Who was your standout performance from the weekend? Jim, James, John Boy. You know, you know I'm a proud Connecticutian. Is that the right word? Connecticut. Whoa, hey. <laughs> whatever whatever you call me, man. Don't Connect, call me that. Connect 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 cutter. Some cutter. No one really knows. They all suck. There's like five versions and they all suck, yeah. so no one knows. A nutmegger. I'm a I'm a I'm a proud lad from the state of Connecticut. And Jim, I've got a CT guy that who, by the way, I think we're gonna be linked up soon with because one of one of my friends from Central is is really good friends with this guy. Los Angeles Dodgers outfielder A.J. Pollock. Jim, if you want to get a standout performance, a good way to do that, hit three home runs in a game, and that's what A.J.P. did. Uh, all solo shots, and that's fine. He he decided he wanted a little more of the glory, and there's no problem with that. Um, Jim, A.J. Pollock, and we, we already did a little bit of talking Dodgers earlier. A.J. Pollock's a guy who got some pretty good money this summer to come in and be a, a starting everyday outfielder for them. Um, he's he's making a cool... Well, actually, they they back-ended the contract a lot. He's making 15 mil next year, 18 mil the year after that, so we got to really become tight with A.J. Pollock. Uh, former first-round pick, did a lot of things in Arizona, has a history of being a little injury pro. His one season, he put it all together. He finished 14th in the MVP in 2015. How many votes this is that? Year, um, I can click on it, Jim. Please click he on also it. won the gold glove that year. Um, let's see, 14th. He got 5% share of the votes, um, 21, 21 votes. Oh, shit, okay, um, okay. Sometimes a little hit. When you go to Baseball Reference and they say, like, finish 19th in the MVP award, then you click on it and it says one writer voted for him. Yeah. And it just cracks me up. Like, okay, well, okay, you had a friend. And yeah, Jim, he, uh, I think analytically he did better than some of his stats that year too, that if he had, uh, I think he finished seventh in war, um, in the NL that year. So it, I, I think it could have been higher if, if maybe it happened more recently, but anyways, AJ Pollock gets hurt this year. Uh, he does have a little bit of a track record on that. He's come back and Jim, I, I will, we'll see if it ends up happening. I, I think it's too late, but I thought it was pretty funny coming into September that there's a lot of guys that can really change how their season is look like. And AJ Pollock, man, he's kind of there. He's hitting 261, 324 OBP, a 795 OPS. Those numbers are a little bit below, uh, a decent amount below his career averages, but also he got hurt for a while and it's not easy just to jump back into a season. Uh, but if he can get it going for those Dodgers, and we we know how they do their platoon stuff and all of that, and and that's more of a me and Jimmy thing. 
But I mean, AJ Pollock's an impact player. Both sides of the ball, he can. He again, he won the Gold Glove playing center field for Arizona in 2015. He's playing center field and and the corner, mostly the corner recently for the Dodgers. But he's got the range out there, and he. Uh, I mean, he's a piece that during this Dodgers impressive season they haven't really had him yet so again he's a guy if they get him going for the playoffs aj pollock aj pollock hit two home runs off samarja and then i think his third was off will smith and his one out that game was a line out i think a hard line out to left making good wood ram high school in connecticut used to play them in soccer gym ram Capital R, capital H, capital A, capital M. Where's that? It's in Hebron. Hebron. Yeah. Is that Eastern Connecticut? Uh, yeah, it's kind of like middle of the state. Sticks. Um, yeah, a little bit. Cool. All right. Well, my standout performance is a pitcher. He got a lot of attention earlier in the season. His name's Alex Young. Why did he get attention earlier in the season, Jake? Because in his second ever career start, he threw a no-hitter. Only got six innings of work in because they pulled him at like 79 pitches because it was only he would like been like a reliever, a starter in the minors. He wasn't fully stretched out. Threw six no-hit innings, gets pulled. That was his second ever start, third game of this season. Well, he just had his best outing of his career. Most Ks in a game. Uh, most innings pitched in a game. He threw eight innings pitched of two-hit, one-walk ball, 12 strikeouts versus the Cincinnati Reds. Pretty impressive for the young rookie pitcher uh, who's part of this climb with the with the Diamondbacks now. Uh, he was in a pitching duel with Luis Castillo for a little bit, and then Castillo blew it. And, um, dude, this guy's been good. Uh Where'd I put it? In his in his last four starts, he's got a two point two eight ERA. Yeah, Alex Young probably a smart move to not have him blow his arm out in his second career start. That is smart, and now uh, he's helping yeah, them di- climb it up. Diamondbacks, Jimmy, he's seven and three, three three eight ERA. Um, TCU guy from Carmel High School in Indiana. That's where the 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 Piccolos were gonna go there. They lived there for a little bit. Talking Nick, shout out. How about that? Um, but yeah, man, I I saw his name pop up, and I with this Diamondbacks climb, I'm like, who who have I been missing? And this guy's one of them. Um, so good for young Alex Young and Jim. Most importantly, and I think this is the second time this has happened on Talking Baseball. Today's Alex Young's 26th birthday. That is the second time. That's bizarre. How about that? If that happens again, I might be officially freaked out. I mean, it will. Birthdays. We all got them. A <laughs> couple times a year. Slump watch. Slump watch. Jake, you did slump watch today. Jimmy, I slump watched it up for us. Um, let's Let's get a couple off of the bat. Trevor Bauer, DNP. He's not getting mentioned. Okay, okay, just did. Ryu for the Dodgers. Uh, he's getting his start skip, Jim. I, I don't know. We've mentioned there's a lot of different ways to come off slump watch. I don't think a skip start counts, right? It's not injury related, right? It's just like extra rest? Uh, extra rest. I think he was nicked up, but I, I mean, if it was a playoff game, he'd be pitching. And Rich Hill returned, so it allows them to do it. 
Yeah. So, no, he's still on Stomp Watch. Yeah, he stays. That's what I thought, but I wanted to get there. All right, let's let's get into the guys that played some baseball. Jim, Jason Hayward for the Chicago Cubbies. He made the slump watch. You were having some deep internal debates about this because he's a defensive-minded player. I mean, is, is he potential bad watch, even though he's ha- been having a pretty solid year? Jason Hayward, I think he gets an honorable discharge, 3-for-10 with a homer and a couple walks. That's a solid series. I mean, yeah, that puts him at like a 400 on base percentage. Yeah, it's like a golf clap it's for a me. home run. Good job. I mean, the Cubs, it didn't help. Cubs lost. No. So. No, but uh, good good for you, the Jay Hay kid. Um, Jimmy. Yeah. A guy a, a guy you laid down the law with, you, a bad watch, Freddie Galvis. Um, we said this was going to be his, his last time on there for now either way Freddie Galvis the middle infielder for the Reds he goes one for eight there's a walk it's a yikes bye man uh good luck Freddie hopefully you get a get a couple dingers to finish the year but yeah see you sorry don't care about you sorry Jim an old friend of yours Caleb Smith for the Marlins he goes six innings pitched, four hits, zero earned run, eight Ks. It's against the Royals, but, I mean, that's that's good stuff, Caleb. Good stuff. Get out of here. Marlins and Jim, versus this Royals. Is, Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's tough. Are you kidding but, me? Jim, I, I will say this, and this is something, again, that like analytics would never be able to mention – Caleb Smith going through a rough patch. We were talking about how he can kind of dictate how his whole season is looked at. To see the Royals come up on your schedule, that's huge, man. They got a bunch of track stars that don't know how to play baseball. Like, if if that came up and his next start was the Braves and you're struggling and your season can kind of be dictated, I mean, that, that can change a whole season. So uh, the calendar gods helped out young Caleb. Good for him. Chris Davis, Chris with a K on the Oakland Athletics. Jim, one for eight. He gets two RBIs. His one hit was a double. No, the that's double what he pretty keeps much doing. He keeps having one big hit, and you think, like, that'll do it. It's like, nah, dude. We'll keep I, think he's, I think he stays, Jim, just because I want to keep track of him because he's such a huge piece for Oakland. I agree. Let's keep him on there just so we can keep tabs up on crush davis and what he's doing for oakland that one for eight ain't gonna get you off slump watch no i mean it can't 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 play with him can't do it jim this is a guy that i'm i might make a a little push for bad watch slash he's he's using his creativity to try to get off jake cave our guy uh for the minnesota outfield the minnesota outfielders that's not a team he's an outfielder for minnesota mostly jim he goes one for two he hasn't been playing a lot he's got some groin tightness Tell me about it. Right? Take him off. I don't care. Yeah, I think it, we, Jake Cave, he ran his course with us. So those were our remainders from last episode, Slump Watch. Jim, we've got some new guys to add to the list. Give them to me. Who are we watching? Jim, a guy that I know you dove into his stats this weekend and you were guffawed a little bit, Andrew Benintendi for the Boston Red Sox. Jim, 0 for his last 13, and just having a bad year. Jake, I uh, do it. I let Don't my old back. I, I think I'm pretty good at putting my bias aside when it comes to the Red Sox for this show. 
Um, and in general, I just like I got into some debates with Yankee fans who are we need to bury the Sox. Like, why? I don't yeah. care about like I don't care that the Red Sox have been better than the Yankees for the last five years. It's like some Yankee fans have grown this inferiority complex. Like, uh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. We're, why would I be scared of the Red Sox? That's like a weird way to live your life. Like you're this guy was. I was like, you sound like a Red Sox fan, telling me to be scared of them. Like I'm not. I don't care about them. Ben Intendi, I used to make fun of him a lot because I just think he's a nerd. Like I think he's like honestly, I haven't met the guy, but I've seen him in interviews, and I just think he's a nerd. So that's <laughs> like kind of a bully. I'm just like, dude, sure. that guy. The Red Sox used to tell me how much swagger he had. And like swag, right. and I was like, that dude ain't putting anything on the table in that genre of like personality. He's a nerd. Anyway, he had a good year last year. Every Red Sox had a good year. Jake, he had a 776 OPS in 2017. He's working on an 800 OPS. He's just a guy. He's a good average guy. Red Sox fans were making him out to be this god, and I was trying to find comps. In 2017, like, well, who's he comparable to? And it was Brett Gardner on the Yankees. And everyone, everyone, Red Sox fans got so mad at me. Oh, yeah, yeah uh, Gardner sucks. I'm like, well, their stats are comparable. Well, guess what, guys? Their stats are basically comparable again, except Gardner has seven more home runs than him. Ben Intendi, I don't, I think he's an average ball player. Yeah, I mean he he's a little above average, Jim. I mean the the other thing he's got going, I mean he's still he's he just turned twenty five. He turned twenty five in July. When he came up, he was pretty young. I can't speak so to you, what he's going to be. I'm talking about what he's done. Right, but you can understand when the Red Sox had a twenty two year old um, who finished second in the Rookie of the Year, you get excited about that guy. And he did. He got better from his Rookie of the Year season. He had a. He was a, a really good WAR player. Blah blah blah. He took a major step back this year. Yeah. Um. And and our Red Sox fans haven't been shy about that either. I mean this this has not been a banner year for Benny. And it's Jim. The thing that's really shocking is, and I I know it's it's not what his game is. I mean he's a guy that. Um, he can be he can beat you on defense. We saw that play he made in the postseason. Um, he can he can give you really good at bats. But Jim, in this juice ball season, when we're seeing guys, a couple guys are going to finish forty with home runs that have no business being there. Andrew Benintendi has thirteen homers. I mean, he plays in a ballpark that doesn't suit his swing, which kind of is bad for him. But, yeah, I was shocked. He only has 13 home runs. But the road games do. <laughs> um, and, I mean, a, you know, usually a, a lefty, especially with his skill set, we give them credit because they can play wall ball at Fenway. Um, I don't know, man. He, he took a step back this year. I mean, last year, um, 2018, he was 23-24. He improved from the year before. You can see why you're getting excited about that. But he definitely took a step back. And maybe it's baseball. I mean, we probably could have been doing the same thing about Gary Sanchez last year, Jim. And may maybe Benny has been nicked up Is this he injured? year. If he's like, yeah, there's a lot of injuries I don't know about then. Sure. Who knows? I, and that, it, like, I don't think you and I would be surprised if Benny came back and had a year like he did um, in 2017. But... Um, he, he's had a tough season. Well, it's still that year in 2017 isn't winning you any like silver sluggers or MVPs or it's an, it's, no. it's a, it's a slightly above average player. No, he's a, he's a guy that if he has a really good first half, there's a chance he could make an all-star team, but he's, he's not, I, I think this would be taken in the wrong contest, but he's not special. Yeah. That's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 
That, that, that. Like I think I think average <laughs> is slightly rude, but I think not special is is very fair. Okay, there. That's where we landed on. Okay, cool. So well, Benny deep dive. He's on slump watch over thirteen. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll bang out the, the rest biggest of these thing guys. is he's usually a big threat. Like the way I talk about Benny and how I actively put him down is because I've been scared of him for years because he would crush the Yankees, and now he's not even like he comes up and it's not even a threat. Yeah, the past two years, if you saw him in a big spot, you were like, oh, damn, he's, he's, he's going to give us a tough out. Yeah. This year, it hasn't felt that way. But, I mean, maybe, maybe he'll bounce back. Red Sox got a lot to figure out this offseason. Eddie Rosario, Jim, for the Twins, he's won for his last 17. He's another guy, Jim, that these last couple weeks are going to dictate how we view his whole season. Eddie Rosario, his batting average dunked under 280, which um, – it had been above that for most of the season. Right now it's 275. I don't know. I think you kind of look at those guys differently. And his OPS was above 800 the whole season. It just dipped to, to 787. He's high off his game-ending throw. Yeah. So oh, that's yeah. Fine. That's fine. And, I mean, he's, he's another guy. He's going to finish with 30-plus home runs. But, yeah, the past two years his OPS has started with a dot eight. Um, right now he's dipped below that. A couple good weeks, so he's easily back on that, and that would look like Eddie. What you'd expect Eddie Rosario's season to look like. Uh, Jim, a guy that I, I had to put on here because for how often he ended up on Enfuego, Aristides Aquino, our uh, talking baseball favorite, the young slugger for the Cincinnati Reds. He's won for his last fifteen. Is it a little slump on his end? Have they found the hole in his swing? That's going to be fun to watch the rest of the way. And Jim, a guy that could arguably be on bad watch, but eh, the Red Sox died, so I'll throw him on here. Rick Porcello for the Red Sox, a Cy Young winner. Um, don't get me going on that. Jim, his last two games started, four innings pitch, six earned runs. That's bad. And Jim, I wanted to chop up his season. So his last 14 starts where things really fell apart, 69.2 innings, 95 hits, 60 earned runs, a 7.75 ERA. His last 14 starts. And it's like, okay, this is where I was doing the slump watch debate. Like, should I just fully have written off Rick Purcello? Jim, the 14 starts before that, 86 innings pitched. He had a 4.02 ERA. He was having a very solid Rick Purcello season, especially in this juice ball season where the pitcher's ERAs are up a little bit. And, I mean, the wheels just fully came off. And, I mean, he was uh, a part of the, the finale on Sunday Night Baseball. Suck it, pretty Ricky. Damn. Aristides. I like that name. Are, are you interested in finding out? Like, uh, if you had to bet today, is Aristides going to, like, finish the rest of the season, like, kind of struggling, like, low 200 batting average? Or do you think he gets hot again? Let me look at the schedule. I think he gets hot again. Okay. I, I like We him. like Aristides. Yeah, I like him, so I'm rooting for him in a way. Right. Um, and like, he's a guy that's got stuff to play for, dude. He's going to Seattle. Houston just put 21 runs up on Seattle. It's true. He's, uh, Cincinnati. They got Seattle, Arizona, Chicago, the Mets, Milwaukee. Cincinnati's got a run of teams that are like desperate for wins. Arizona, the Cubs, the Mets, and the Brewers. Yeah. Seattle. He kind of needs to get his hits in. Otherwise he could run into some. Tough matchups. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, they got a chance to play spoiler for a bunch of teams here. 
school. Yeah, I think I think Atastidis gets another 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 run at it. Another like you know big 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 couple swings. All right. Dirt nasties on fuego. That means I'm on fire, baby. Like Waco. Dirt nasty is on fire. So is Mitch Garver. Actually, not really. I typed this in because he had three hits in the Cleveland series. They were all home runs. And he had a multi-hit game, and I was like, damn, on fire. And then, like, all, everything surrounding that's not really there. But I thought it should be mentioned. Mitch Garver for the Twins. He had a nice series versus Cleveland. Three home runs in the series. Really on fire. Matt Joyce, Jake, for the Atlanta Braves. Four games against the Nationals we told you about. He went five for nine with a 600 on base percentage. One double two homers and a walk and i went back even further in his last 21 games he's got a 390 batting average and a 486 on base percentage 1.130 ops so matt joyce for the atlanta braves is currently in fuego doing good things good job joycey chicago white sox all-star what's that one time all-star matt joyce congrats Chicago White Sox haven't been uh, making headlines that much, but they, Jose Abreu, since August 1st, he's got a 417 on base percentage and a 1.031 OPS. That's 37 games since August 1. He's got 11 doubles and 9 homers. He's got 20 extra base hits in thirty-seven game, last 37 games, and he had a hit every game this weekend and two homers. So good job, Jose Abreu, finishing strong. They need some motivation to get Timmy Anderson back into the batting title and, and get him to win. That's kind of what they're playing for. Let's get Timmy some at-bats. Come on, Tim. Christian Yelich. Yelly. Big guy having an absolute great season. He had a good series versus the Cubs, which they needed, but there's one stat here that really blew me away. Well, maybe not blew me away, but stood out. I was like, oh, I want to talk about that. So four games against the Cubs, he has a 632 on base percentage in four games. I mean, big players got to do big things in big series. And Christian Yelich, 632, probably pitching around him a bunch. They had three runs and four RBIs, so he combines for, you know, he's part of seven runs in the four games. Four stolen bases, Jake. Four stolen bases in the series. He's now got 30 bags on the season. I had no idea he was stealing that many bags. His career high was last season at 22. He's already at 30. Currently leads the league. This is a separate. He's already at 30 stolen bases, the four in this series. That kind of blew me away. And then he currently leads the league. We were talking about, you know, how many stats you can lead the league in on your baseball reference. On base percentage, slugging, OPS, OPS plus, and total bases. So five categories. He is a league leader. Um, he had a good weekend. He's having a good season. Did you know you have any comment about the stolen bases? Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have guessed 30. I probably would have guessed over 20. Um, I, that's uh, It's incredible. I mean, we're it's starting to get at the point where we're going to look back at some stats this season at some point and have a good laugh. But, I mean, Christian Yelich is special. Um, he's really close to leading in home runs, too, Jim. Um so, I mean, he, he's going to finish 50-30, <laughs> which, I mean, that's insane. Damn. Dude, uh, get him to the 40 club. 40-40. Oh, you, so you want him going nuts on the bases. Yeah. 
last three weeks. Okay. Just still okay. four in a series. Yeah. I mean, I'll root for it. Um, I mean, absolutely. Uh, Jim, I want a couple things I want to hit quick that you just mentioned. Matt Joyce. A, Matt Joyce was on that 2011 Tampa team we were talking about, so yeah. good for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's having a really good year, dude. You would love Matt Joyce's stats. 296, a 403 OBP, and an 891 OPS. 111 games. This guy was, like, really bad last year and a few years before that. Good for him. Jim, Mitch, have, do you know Mitch Garver's season stats? No. What are they? Jim, Mitch Garver, the catcher for the Twins who started this, 82 games played. I know he's a lot so, of home runs. 29, Jim, in 82 games. Yeah, it's nuts. He's got a one dot OPS. Mitch Garber. <laughs> Last year he had seven home runs. <laughs> Last <laughs> Last year he had seven home runs in a hundred and two games. So maybe Mitchie and Michael Pineda have been making out. I mean, it's it's his age twenty eight season. He uh I don't know. I'm not saying Brady Anderson, but the stats read Brady Anderson is what I'm saying. Yes, I mean that's. That, I'm not saying Brady Anderson. I'm saying the stats read Brady Anderson. <laughs> they have to at this point. Maybe he figured something out, but it plays in a fucking windmill, Jake. Windmill. Which Twins fans still get mad every time I say that. The park factors actually. Okay, I got eyes. Garrett Cole, Jake. Garrett Cole. Five starts in a row with double-digit strikeouts. Eight of his last ten starts have double-digit strikeouts. In his last ten games, he's 9-1 and one with a 2.13 ERA. In uh, Fuego, just doing amazing things for the Astros. He had 14 strikeouts in his last three starts or something like that. Someone tweeted that at us. I got an inside scoop. He's a free agent, and I, don't, I right. put 55% stock in this. But I'll share it with everyone that Garrett Cole's going to sign with the West Coast team. Right. That was my inside. He's from scoop. there. That 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 was his only thing. Like when he's a free agent, he's signing with the West Coast team no matter what. That was the scoop I got. I put fifty five percent stock into it. You do with yeah, it. Yeah, I only put partial just because I'm I'm trying to think of West Coast teams with money to spend. I'm not sure. A lot of people are mind. saying uh, I read other things saying the Angels are almost a lock. I mean, they they could use it. I I hope they got more money in that piggy bank. Yeah. Otani, Cole coming to help out that trout pitch. Be, be good. And uh, I was looking for another pitcher to put her on here. There's others. Verlander's going off. There's a bunch of pitchers going off. But uh, I thought this guy would be good because I don't know how to pronounce his name either. Joey Lachesi? I think it's Lucchesi. I think Lucchesi? it's Italian. Padres pitcher, uh, he has a 1.57 ERA in his last four starts. He doesn't go deep in the games. It's a lot of five innings. Um, but he's putting a nice run together. They're 4-0 in his last four starts. And if he does keep this up, his season stats will be a little more. So uh, it's on fire. I'm a little, it's nothing compared to Garrett Cole. But I want to give yeah. the Padres some love. They're an angry bunch. Yeah, and he's uh he he's made strides in his second season. You can see almost across the board he's just gotten a little bit better. And I think factoring in juice ball and stuff, I think that he means he's even gotten more better. And he's the the Padres have so many young guys, a lot of young arms that we're going to be seeing in the next few years. He was one of the first ones they gave the call to. Um, and it's he's like uh, I feel like he's the 
the Dallas Keuchel of the San Diego Padres when when they first called him up for Houston. Okay, I like that. It's kind of neat. Next. Way back, up, and... I don't even know. Goodbye, home run. I mean... Who did the Orioles get hot? We have a good one, Jake. We haven't had a good one in like this three episodes. I'm excited. It's it sucks that this this segment gets me excited when it's a good one. But this is a good one. Rockned Odor, he has been on slump watch. We like took him off slump watch because we were sick of him. He's hitting yeah. 127 in his last 19 games. 127 yeah. batting average in his last 19 games before playing the Baltimore Orioles. In the four games against the Orioles, he slashed 438 with a 500 on base percentage, two homers, and three doubles. So they literally took a dude who's been on slump watch for a month and got him hot because, you know, you bring that AAA pitch into town, good things can happen. Good for Odor. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a really good one. Odor has been batting under... He's been batting under 200 for pretty much the whole season. Oh, he came above 200 briefly in July. Um, but, yeah, before Baltimore, he was hitting uh, 194, and now he's up to 204, so keep it going. Yeah, okay. hell yeah. What in the Get- hell are you doing? you got to be kidding me. That is so bad. That is absolutely brutal. That is unbelievable. That is totally absurd. Who got mad? A lot of people got ejected, Jake. There are a lot of boring ejections. Charlie Montoya got ejected for arguing balls and strikes. He didn't even put up a fight, Jake. He never left the dugout, just yelled from the dugout, got ejected, left. Boring. Nelson Cruz, same exact thing. He was got ejected by Laz Diaz for arguing on another on a teammate's behalf. But it's Laz Diaz's first ejection of the season, which I found interesting. Good job, Laz. Wow. Trey Turner and Dave Martinez both got ejected, and Trey Turner's having a really good series against the Braves. Tough times for them. They wanted to go and beat the Braves. Braves are like, nah, we're better than you. It was our old friend Mike Estabrook, umpire who ejects everyone. Looked like he made out with a bottle of suntan lotion. I said that on my breakdown, and I made myself laugh. Just balls and strikes. They were bad calls, I think. And then another one was the Pittsburgh Pirates. Clint Hurdle gets ejected, arguing on behalf of Adam Frazier on like a 1-1 pitch. And then the at-bat finishes, Frazier K's, throws his bat. He gets ejected. So same at-bat, but two different like times of ejections uh, for Pittsburgh. Nothing that bad. Some these calls were or a lot of these calls were bad. Uh, not the Nelson Cruz one. That was a strike, and I believe the Clint Turtle Adam Frazier one were strikes. Trey Turner's were bad calls, and Charlie Montoya. Charlie Montoya was strikes. I think I forget. I don't care. They were boring. Kershaw got really mad because he got taken out of the game early. Didn't have good stuff. Couldn't finish the fifth inning, which is like bizarre for Kershaw. And he threw stuff around. I think I have that queued up to make a breakdown of because it's kind of interesting. Kershaw getting Ooh. so angry. That is interesting. I was I was gonna. Well, I want to check something with Kershaw, but um, I was Clint Hurdle because do, doesn't aren't we team Clint Hurdle has a bad reputation this year and we like believe it <laughs> like we're we're in on it. 
Well, yeah. Well, I didn't realize, but after the whole brawl, like a uh, Clint Hurdle's got a like even Pirates fans that I was reading in on Reddit and all the forums were like, yeah, this is kind of who Clint Hurdle is. Throws out a lot of players. Yeah, and Jimmy. So Clayton Kershaw's first twenty three starts of this season, he went six innings or more. His past two, five innings and four innings pitch. So yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> there's some red flags right now in Dodgerland. It's the same with Ryu. It's the same thing. Yeah, man. That's that's got that's dude, what a sport. What a sport. Those guys have dominant five months and then they have two shaky starts and you're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Is our season screwed? It's crazy. That's nuts. Hey kid. Guess where you're going? You're going to the show. The most proud kid. Call your family. You've earned it. Call up watch wasn't that exciting, but there was there was not that many for September. We had uh, the Rays had a 29 year old who was drafted in the 25th round by the Indians, then traded over. Uh, he gets an inning of work. He got two innings of work, but he didn't record an out in the second inning. One, two, three inning. They brought him back out for the second. Walk, single, walk, out. His name is Cole Sulcer. I don't think he's anyone to really keep an eye on. Um, yeah, we we like anyone over the age of 28 who's getting their Major League debut, though. Yeah, it's true. That's true. We have This is a fun one just because of what happened. Tyrone Taylor, real cool name. Yep. Tyrod. He, <laughs> Tyrod Taylor, Jake. Gets called up. Do Tyrod Ta- do Tyrod Taylor and Tyrone Taylor have to become friends? Oh uh, yeah, I think they're brothers. Okay. Brewers, twenty five years old, drafted in the second round, two thousand twelve. So he pinch hits for Freddie Peralta in the seventh inning of a tied game. What a moment to make your debut! Gets hit by pitch, and then the pitcher replaces him, and that's his moment. That's like his MLB that's story right now. That's pretty good. Just got hit by pitch. <laughs> I'll um, take it. Next one, super interesting. Anthony Kay. He was the Mets' first-round pick in 2016. Played at UConn, so Jake and I like that. Yeah. He was the Stroman trade. He was the piece in the Stroman trade that went from the Mets to the Blue Jays. Gets the call for the Blue Jays. Gets the start versus the Rays. Pretty good outing, Jake. He goes into the sixth inning. He goes five and two-thirds. Four hits, three walks, so that's a little high. Only two earned runs and eight strikeouts. That's a that's a good debut against a team that's going to win ninety wins and doing big things right now. So that's a really great debut. That's all you can ask on your major league debut. And yeah, obviously, I mean, first round pick out of UConn. I like this guy. Uh, but Jim, also our baby Rays. I mean, they're they're hitting the point where it's like, okay, Bo Bichette. Vlad, uh, the outfielder they traded for from Houston. You know, they've kind of got their base of what they want their hitting to look like the next coming years. They got to get some pitchers. So hopefully uh, Anthony Kay, you're right. They got him for Stroman. Uh, Hopefully he can be one of those guys for them. Yeah. Yep. You threw the next two on there. You got anything on them? Yeah, Jim. We had a couple guys make their debuts yesterday. um, And I think you're going to like both these guys a lot, Jim. So James Marvel for Pittsburgh – Uh, He's a dookie. He might have been there the same time as Stroman. How about that? Jim, he gets his debut start, five innings pitch, two earned runs for the Pirates. Um, 
And Jim, what I think you're going to like about him, or at least you're going to be interested in him, Jim, he's got pretty good minor league stats. He's not a strikeout guy at all. His K per nine is around six in the minors. And we just don't see these guys like getting a shot too much anymore. Like a six K per nine, that's really low. Um, and like those guys rarely, I mean, <laughs> they don't get looks anymore. So I'm interested to see. Because um, again, something that analytics has missed a little bit is like, oh yeah, there's like some craft to pitching and getting guys out outside of the strikeout. Um, so I don't know. I think you and I are low key rooting for this guy a little bit. Yeah. I like not strikeout guys because people put too much stock in the strikeouts. Give me Chin Ming Wong. Give me Chin Ming Wong. An out can be an out. Um, and Jim, this last one is awesome on a lot of different levels. Danny Holson, uh, lefty for the Chicago Cubs. Jim, he comes in and you're going to love his, his performance. Hit by pitch, a guy gets a single, and then he strikes out the next three. And you're like, okay, that's a fun debut story. But, Jim, Holson is also 29 years old, and it's not a grinder story to the majors, yet it is a grinder story. He was the number two pick in the 2011 draft. Number two. Garrett Cole was number one. Trevor Bauer was three. Anthony Rendon was six. Lindor, eight. Javi Baez was nine. This guy was the number two pick. He had two significant shoulder surgeries, I want to say 2013 and 2016, uh, to the point that he he got released and he was making decisions if he's going to stick with it. Um, I It looks like, I was looking at his AAA stats, it looks like he's kind of figured some things out as a lefty reliever. He obviously, after those shoulder surgeries, he can't go do the length anymore, but he's got a one-dot ERA in the minors. He comes out, he strikes out three in his debut. If you're looking for a guy to root for, it's Danny Holson. Okay, Danny Holson. I'll root for you until unless I find out something I don't like. All right, and this is something bad. And uh, who's this? In the chat, Brian says, Nico Horner is getting called up by the Cubs since Baez is hurt and Russell got hit in the face. So good Boom. for him. Cubs are set to call up top infield prospect Nico Horner, tweets my adversary, John Heyman. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. He's 22 years old. Oh, can I give a message to Yankees fans? Sure. S cut it with the Glaber Torres is only 22-year-old shit. Just cut it out. You're oh, getting yeah. worse than ESPN with Todd Frazier in Little League World Series. And as long as Juan Soto exists, no one else can brag about the age of how young a player is. I'm getting sick of Yankee fans every time Glaber gets a hit. Ooh. He's only 22 years old. Yeah. Juan Soto's 20. Pretty good. Both good. It's too much. It's after everything he does. Both good. Yeah. Both good. You're right. What's the next thing we do here? Is it awards? Awards! awards. I had an award lined up that um, is very silly and simple because I knew the show was going to run long with the Dombrowski news, and it was Biggest right. Bubble, and it just goes to Josh Reddick because the bubble he blew... The other day, it's the biggest bubble I've ever seen. Popped all over his face. Like you have to go Google Josh Reddick bubble. It's the biggest bubble. It's bigger. Jake's head could fit inside the bubble. That's there's yeah. no doubt in my mind. Your head could fit inside the bubble. He blew. Someone in the chat just said, um, "Oh, I don't know who gets your award, so I hope I'm not stepping on it." The Aaron, Ooh. the um, 
The Aaron Barrett story is really cool. The Aaron Barrett story is cool. Um, if you it's didn't, not my award. If you didn't see it, at 26 years old in 2014, he made the majors for the Nationals in their bullpen, and he was also in their bullpen in 2015 through 50 games in 14, 40 games in 15. Got injured and for fucking four years, 16, 17, 18, like 19. He's had just battling shoulder surgeries, I believe. Got back to the major, like had a, thought he was back, had setbacks, thought he was back, had setbacks. Finally comes back up, throws an, an inning and just unleashes tears and all the emotion that comes with finally making it back in a dugout. If you're into these kind of stories, I will do a plug for um, Feinstein's book, Where Nobody Knows Your Name, Life in the Minor Leagues. Like, it, it'll really enlighten the journey these guys go through to do this and why they do it, and it's a really good read, and his story would fit perfectly in there. So he gets the uh, Saturday Tears Award. Saturday Tears, congrats, Aaron. Uh, yeah, and it, it really is crazy. And I know, Jim, we've kind of been blinded this year. The Yankees have had so many injuries, and they've still been really good, but just how injuries dictate a player's career. Think about the stuff... You could be thinking about Miguel Andujar at the end of last season. Like, he is one of the future best hitters in baseball. He has a shoulder injury one of the first games this season, and it's like, what's that dude's future even? Uh, so baseball is a crazy sport that way. So all, all actually all sports are. How about that? Sports from Jake. All sports Jim, have injuries. Crazy. Crazy. Hot take, Jake. Jim, I've got a fun award that you're going to like the title name. The title of the award is... Be an athlete. Um, be an athlete. Be an athlete. Uh, Jim and I participated in a uh, a House Olympics event back in our college days. We had a friend who, who showed up <laughs> just to kind of watch. And uh, <laughs> every time we do an event, he just starts screaming, be an athlete. Be an a We're like <laughs> trying to eat saltines and stuff, and he's yelling, be an athlete. It was a good time. Jim, there's a guy who's being an athlete for the Cincinnati Reds. Michael Lorenzen. I mentioned him briefly earlier in the show. Lorenzen. Jim, two-way McKay got the shout-out. Shohei Otani kind of knocked down the door. Michael Lorenzen has been a pretty good relief pitcher uh, for the past four years now in 288 innings. He's got a 3-4-6 ERA. Not great. It's been better the past two years. It's like 3-1-1. Jimmy, Michael Lorenzen's a guy who can swing the stick a little bit, and he... He'd get some at-bats here and there as a pitcher. It'd be the fun, hey, we're, we're subbing in the pitcher. This is He's, he's going to play some outfield. He made a really nice catch earlier this year. Jim, they've been letting him hit, and he's hitting. Um, he's, uh, I mean, it's limited action, but he's, he's hitting 333. Last year, he hit 290. Uh, again, limited at-bats, but it was because there was still this stigma like that pitchers just aren't allowed to do that. And I think it's I think we're gonna see this whole baseball world change soon. You've mentioned Russell Martin's pitching stats. I was just bringing uh, this, up their pitcher comparison. Um, Jimmy, I I just think I think baseball is gonna look back and laugh at a certain point because we tried to specialize so much, and I think we've already seen this revolution in NFL and NBA. Like NFL, this is not a football podcast, Jake. 
But think about it. It used to always be like, hey, you want that defensive end that he rushes the passer. Now it's all about balance. You want a guy that he could cover in the flat. He can, he can do this in this set. Major League Baseball, I think we're going to see a revolution of these guys who are athletes that, hey, son, you're a really good pitcher. You're, we're not going to let you swing the stick anymore, even though you're good at that. Why? Why? Let these guys be great athletes. And I think Otani was the first one that really knocked on the door. McKay coming up for, for the Rays. I'm rooting for him. And Michael Lorenzen, he's doing great things. The defense in the outfield is impressive too. Let these athletes be athletes. Let's stop limiting them. Who's got a higher batting average, Michael Lorenzen or Russell Martin? Lorenzen. Who's got a but higher it's, it's who's limited? Who's got best. a higher OPS? Lorenzen. Who's got a higher ERA? A Lorenzen. Yeah. Russell Martin's got better pitching stats. Lorenzen's got better hitting stats in the most unfair sample size comparison to ever be done. And I mean we're I know we're getting another roster spot next year, but I mean, how valuable would it be to a team if you were a right fielder that, yeah, you also can throw two innings when you need it? Yeah. I mean, that's like that's going to become a role on a baseball team. So uh, yeah. good for Michael Lenzen. Oh, having a really good year as a reliever. All right, next up, elevator talk. Going up. Ooh, I'm not talking about the Orioles. No, sorry, O's. It's too late. Phillies? Didn't we just do them? I think we just did the Phillies. Yes, we did. This is our last one. We have to do this team no matter what. Oh, God. The Twins. All right, so Pineda gets busted for PEDs. That's your main topic right there? Yeah. You're going to win the division. Your Rocco Baldelli's got a good shot for manager of the year. You can talk about that. But really, how much does Pineda fuck up their playoff like what he he was getting a start in the playoffs am i wrong there no you're right jim and he actually he'd been really really good of late too um like i i'm i'm going to his game logs right now but he uh he had turned it up a notch i think in i mean in his last three starts he had been a 17 innings pitch to the tune of a 2-1-2 ERA. I think Barrios and Oda Rizzi are still the guys they're banking on in their rotation. But after that, it gets pretty muddy pretty quick. Um, I guess you just you open with Brewstar Gratterall, right? Brewstar Gratterall. Yeah. What a name. They got a lot of guys on the injured list right now. Marwin Gonzalez, Max Kepler, Miguel Sano. Uh, Kyle Gibson, Nelson Cruz, J.K., Byron Buxton. Dyson. Dyson's important out of their pen. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're uh, – I, I don't know. We haven't lumped them together. You you say something about the injuries. You're like, hey, you know, I, I think we could make some noise. We got to get a couple guys healthy. We got to get Kepler back. Um, you know, Sano would be big. I've mentioned Rosario's on Slump Watch. If you're trying to be in the know right now, be like, hey, Eddie Rosario, he's got to get it going. Um, and then Jim, Mitch Garver, man. The Mitch Garver story is unbelievable. Mitch Brady Anderson Garver. That's what you say in the elevator. Oh, wow. Say, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying the stats right. look similar. If I had to place a bet today, I'm just saying you'd place that bet on Brady Anderson. That's all I'm saying, Mitch. <laughs> uh, damn. 
Michael Pineda took some. He says that he was taking it for weight loss, but it's it's those, you know, it, it's what they, it's like Cano. They take that to cover up the PDs is what right. they say. He's eligible for free agency after the season and would serve the rest of the suspension next year. So that really hurts Pineda's free agency. Damn. Yeah. They need to get all these guys healthy. Like, not everyone I said is on the IL, but they're, like, you know, got little bits and things wrong with them. Like, Cruz missed two games. But, uh, so you got to get healthy. You're going to win the division. Who do you want to play in the, in the, who do you want to play? Ooh, that's a fun game. That's a fun question right now. Um, and who's your third starter? If you, who's yeah. the third starter? Someone tell, tell me. It's Barrios Odorizio or one, two, right? Is it Gibson? Is it Perez? I mean, Gibson's on the IL right now. Perez hasn't been very good. I mean, do they bullpen day with one of those guys? I mean, that that seems like the conversation that <laughs> if any of our Twins fans are listening, <laughs> let us know because I'm not sure. How many players are going to end with 30 home runs? That's a fun one because you need Sano needs three more. Eddie Rosario needs two more. Um. Mitch Garver needs one more, and that would be five. Yeah. C.J. Cron's got 24. Damn. It's pretty wild, man. The The lineup they can put together on, on a certain day, if they get everyone healthy, I mean, that is tough to navigate. I, and, Jim, I, I think, honestly, the name we should be saying a lot more is Nelson Cruz. N- Nelson Cruz having another crazy year might finish with 40 in 104 games um, currently. Uh, he's got a one dot, oh one OPS. He uh he's gonna finish with the most home runs this decade too. Nelson Cruz, yeah, really the, good. Their schedule, they have the Nationals and the Indians, and then the next half of their schedule, Jake, to re- to finish the season is so easy. And it's their division: it's White Sox, Royals, Tigers, Royals. Hmm. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do the spin zone right here. That like that's kind of not good. You're not gonna sniff competition for two weeks before the playoffs. I mean, I kind of agree with you because that's not only is that not competition. That's like it's like dead. Those are spring <laughs> training games. That's that's three, seven, ten. That's thirteen spring training games leading up to the playoffs. Damn. It's kind of weird. It's kind of interesting. All right. That ends this episode of Talking Baseball. Thank you guys very much for hanging out with us. We enjoy you. Hope you enjoy us. We'll be back on Friday with another episode to recap and see what has changed, what has happened. See you guys later. Thank you.